Hey, FDB family, I'm sure that you all know by now or have heard if you follow social media, but Leo McGrath, otherwise known as LM4 Photo, uh, passed away last week from complications from COVID. And um, we just want to take a minute to reflect on our time with Leo as um, not only a guest on our podcast, uh, an amazing content creator, and an amazing guy, but also truly a friend of all of ours who spent time with him. Um, Leo really had a pretty significant effect on the motorcycling community. And uh, I know from my perspective, um, personally on me, um, Leo also, um, in case you didn't know, was a veteran of our armed services and served um, in combat. And so we just want to recognize Leo for um, time served to our country and um, all of the great things he did within the motorcycling community and uh, the great person that Leo was and he will definitely be missed. And Leo, um, if you can hear us out there, I'm sure you're riding that endless highway right now and uh, we will all ride again with you someday. by Infinite Shades, the clear choice for varying windshields for your motorcycle. This doubles as my OnlyFans studio, so it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just turns the camera to the left and zooms in. That's oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do. Oh. <laughs> he, he changes the color up when he goes to his red tube channel. My right. God, that just scarred <laughs> me for life. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want that guy in the closet to come running out, man. He keeps shaking the doors every now and then. It scares the well, shit out of me. You well, cannot I, unring that bell. Jesus. You cannot. Nope. One man, one mission, one desire. <laughs> Kid Bodo <laughs> is tripod. <laughs> and his sidekick the gun. The, the white shirt with the red background, though, made me think you were naked when you first popped on. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Not no, that at, least, kind of at least Ryan doesn't have his red and pink light on. So it's what do you mean it's not that kind of show? I've worn pants for two two years on this podcast. It totally is that kind of show. <laughs> he just never stands up, thank God. Right. Right. I mean if I do stand up, it's not much to look at anyway. So, <laughs> so how how you feeling, Dan? Shiitake? I'm uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm feeling better. I'm I'm good. Not not as winded as you. Uh, that video. What was it? La- was it last week you dropped the update video? Yeah, yeah. You could tell you were still laboring a little bit. Yeah, man. It sticks around for uh, for a minute. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the show. Today we have on special guest Dan from Gears and Gadgets. Dude, thank you for joining us on this episode. It's uh, it's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we're going to talk a few things today. We're going to talk about some of your latest videos, of course, some of the other videos you have done, and also sponsorships, because that's something we're a little familiar with, you're a little familiar with, and we'll just try to get to know you a little bit better in this show. So first off, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience and just you know let us know about Gears and Gadgets. Yeah, so my name is Dan. I'm, I'm YouTube channel, Gears and Gadgets. Uh, I've been doing this now for like five or six years, I'd say, and... Being on Five Dirty Bikers, uh, part of that is back in twenty late 2018, I bought my 2018 Harley-Davidson Heritage 
114, which is where a lot of you guys uh, that have watched my channel, um, especially listening to the show, would know me from. But my channel is also kind of all over the place. I like to keep it fresh for myself. So whereas a lot of people will tell you to stay in a certain niche and not get out of it, I like to stay kind of all over the place. So you'll find stuff with me and my truck, uh, me and my motorcycle. I like to do gear reviews. I think the next video I'm going to film is a studio update talking about some of the gear behind the scenes um, and just trying to keep it real, talking about the YouTube experience um, in and of itself. So um, that's a little bit about uh, me. My channel's kind of, like I said, all over the place. Now, that's one of the things that's really appealed to me about your channel, Dan, though. I mean, if, if I ever have a YouTube channel, I'd kind of want to use the same format that you do. <laughs> uh, not, not get stuck in one little thing, you know. You have a YouTube channel. Do I? <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting old. I forget sometimes. Yeah, so it's it's just one of those things where I think I could have way more subscribers if I stuck to one. Actually, honestly, if I stuck to the truck stuff, uh, that's the stuff that performs really, really well. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into, you know, if I got lucky enough one day for this to become a full-time job, which I know um, a lot of people kind of cap that, that that's not their ambition when they start a YouTube channel, but in all reality, that's kind of the ultimate pipe dream is uh, creating yourself a bit of a living. And um, I would hate to do it where I either made my motorcycle, something that I love so much, my job or my truck, something I love so much. It was my job. If I can kind of spread it out, then I'm not going to burn myself out in any one of those categories. Um, try to keep it, uh, you know, unique and fresh for myself. That's solid, solid stuff. So you, you have, you said you're getting the majority of your views off your truck content. That surprises me with people with that, that few teeth actually uh, subscribe to uh, a YouTube channel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, oh. it's interesting. It's interesting to look at the data. Uh, YouTube serves you up plenty of information and being that I am all over the place, I can kind of source information from different genres. And I say it and I mean it that the people and the genuine people come from the motorcycle content, the subscribers and followers that I have from the Harley Davidson stuff are far more engaging with my channel than anything I've ever done with any truck content. However, ad revenue is much, much more generous with truck content because it's a larger market. Oh, uh, there's a lot more yeah. advertisers that are jockeying for that ad space. And because of that, they pay higher uh, um, ad revenue. So uh, the truck stuff kind of funds my ability to continue doing the motorcycle stuff. And um, it's things that I enjoy doing. And then I just like kind of sharing the behind the scenes stuff with the people as well. Oh, Dan, fuck it. I'm, I'm buying a truck. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Dan, what, mo what model is that truck? Is it the 150? So it's the 2021 Ford F-150 um, okay. that I just bought uh, a couple months back, and it's uh, it's doing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, that's like the best-selling truck in the world, isn't it? So that's yep. probably one reason why people are just jumping. They're built right the here in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, we, we rode right by it. Yeah, we, we did. did. We rode right oh, by it. Oh, yeah, that's fucking, right. And yeah. all those trucks out there with no chips. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good good amount of my content for a while. Yeah, no chips. So, Dan, what is, is that? A raw rock laying behind you there? Oh boy, here we go. I keep That's... mine under the desk just to piss in it, so I don't have to go <laughs> when we're doing the podcast. I, I, I knew we were going to go towards raw rock. Yes, why I staged it behind me. However, 
being that we're in a square tile format, my showy's also sitting there as well. I had to move that over so you could see it. Oh, nice. okay, okay. Nice. Now, yeah, is that so, the is that's yeah. the 3.0 with the new pads, or that's the old piece of shit? So this this <laughs> is the 3.0 with the new pads. Actually, as we're recording this, I just released that video yesterday, and I'm kind of happy in the timing that it kind of worked out that way because I'm sure we're going to talk about it, and uh, the video that I put out yesterday kind of rounds out the whole series. So I knew we were going to go there, so let's just rip the bandit <laughs> off and uh, and have at it. Let's do I it, Tony. Tony, what? Rock. There you go. <laughs> I took a $540 ass fucking is what I took. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. You're going to talk about his ass fucking? Yes, we are. <laughs> All right. Perfect. We are doing video with this, so it's fine. <laughs> so does anybody else on this panel have experience wearing a Rurock or buying a Rurock? Oh, boy. Ryan Tony and I both do. Too. Yeah. I took the fucking two, yeah. <laughs> So we don't have fans of Ruroc on the panel. All right. I mean, and I'm tall, so that was a big fucking. <laughs> that was a stepladder. <laughs> stepladder. <laughs> yeah, the gimp had to use a stepladder to get up there. Okay, so to set the table on this Ruroc content, it's important to note that Tony and Ryan both are saying, fuck Ruroc. And with that being said, I saw a whole lot of that commentary floating around. I, I've heard it on this podcast several times. I've seen, uh, I've seen videos and it got to a point where I started looking at the situation and realizing that the only real videos that I saw reviewing a Rurock helmet were from sponsored riders. That's, that's the content that I was exposed to. And then I started hearing people talk about disappointment with it. And uh, there was the video that was put out from oh, I'm forgetting her name now. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember the name either. Yeah, I can't remember. But it really struck a nerve. Oh, I'm really bummed up. I, she I'm had bummed a small channel, a really small channel. Last name yeah. begin with a W or something, right? I'm really bummed that I forgot her name because she was actually the one that really inspired my entire thought. Um, I've linked her in both of my videos, but shit, what the hell was her name? Either way, the um, so the situation was I saw the video where it was basically like, hey, Rurock did not respond to uh, my critiques or this is why I think the helmet is garbage and I started thinking about it and the first video I cut was talking about the sponsorships and I just made a really basic point to say I think Ruroc was built off of YouTube influencers and if I were Ruroc if I were Ruroc I would just be very careful because it was built by those influencers and I feel like it could be taken down by the same influencers so if you're selling a product, if you're recommending a product, and let's just say 25% of your viewers that purchase that product are coming back to you and saying that they got something other than what you sold to them and they decide to back away from the brand, that would be just as damaging as the value was that brought it up. So that was my first video. And then I realized I just kind of said a statement that if I was one of those other larger creators, they may have viewed that as a shot when it had, it wasn't my intention to, to, to throw shade towards any creator. So at that point I decided if I'm going to weigh in at all, which I already did, I have to buy the helmet and just figure this out for myself. And so I can oh, speak intelligently. You did it. You took it. So was it, it was it Moto Tigress? I was about to say. About? Yes, Moto Tigress. Yeah. Thank you very much. I was looking, I was trying to find yeah. it. Oh, thank you so much. Cause I would have felt really bad if I didn't, cause she really, I honestly think she deserves the credit for, um, a lot of the content that exists um, around this topic today. 
um, because she was also mentioned by uh, Chase on Two Wheels. Well, I'm sorry. She was actually mentioned by, um, and I'm still dealing with some of this COVID fog, but um, Yemi Noob mentioned her in a live stream and then Chase responded to it. So she kind of created a lot of this dust up. Yeah, she was the like the first one I saw negative because when I got the helmet, I was trying to convince myself that it wasn't a piece of shit. You know what I mean? I was like, everybody likes this helmet. Maybe if I'm you just... spend five hundred dollars on a helm on a helmet, you're gonna try to convince yourself yeah, it's not a piece so of shit, right? Convince, and I started searching on YouTube. I said, does anybody else have anything negative? I ran across hers, and it was the same shit that I was dealing with. And I was like, obviously, I'm not crazy here. The helmet's a piece of shit. I mean, if it was two hundred and fifty dollars, it wouldn't be a piece of shit. But five hundred and fifty, it you put it next to it in a showy or in a rye. It's nowhere near the quality. Yeah, Dan, and, you you prefer your showy over the Ro Rock. I saw in your videos, and I mean, I can understand why. I've, I've got an RFSR. It's a great helmet. It's probably, as far as safety and features, it's probably the best helmet I've owned. I'm rocking a Biltwell Gringo S now. That's more comfortable. But as far as like wind cancellation, the function of the helmet, the pockets for the speakers for the Senna, the showy wins hands down. Well, if, if I was going to be perfectly honest too, I would say that I was absolutely, uh, you know, even being a content creator, I was influenced by the influencers that were rocking that helmet. I mean, without, without a doubt, because I bought it and then, um, <clears throat> I put out my own couple videos on the helmet, uh, did a spinner video on IG I posted and I was all about it. I mean, there's even some, even now saying that the Ruox a piece of shit, there was some features on that helmet that I still think are, are should, right up there with some of the best ones that they made that they best helmets just, out there. They should just license off the Fidlock and put it on every helmet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that's yeah, a, that's great. a great that's feature, but you know, however, I mentioned in my video that I could care less about the Fidlock is like me personally, I've never found that like, I've never been fumbling with a D ring and was like, I just can't hand this is too much. I, I wish there was something else. I never really thought about it. I mean, the Fidlock is probably a better thing, but like, I don't go between these two helmets, and when I hit the fidlock, go like, man, that's so nice. I don't, I just don't care. Not that even much. when you're taking it off, just reaching up there and just pulling it. I, I maybe know. it's because I wear glasses, so I already have to do the glasses thing. Yeah, so like it's it's, it's, it's yeah. already a process. Maybe if I didn't have to do that, then I would have a little more appreciation for the the quickness of it all. Um, but yeah, I just personally don't. Man, really care on a road trip, riding 750 miles in a day, taking that helmet on and off 15 times for gas stops and everything else, that. Fidlock is absolutely amazing. I mean, and you can do it with gloves on. So if you're riding like for us in cold weather up here, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to get everything off to try to monkey around with that. So, you know, that, that definitely was a, was a, was a great feature, but you know, in, in that same regard, when I started having problems with my helmet, so was another guy in my riding group. So was Tony and we all had the same problems. So what were those problems? The um, cheek fell out. Yeah, for, every time for, I pulled the helmet off. For me, it was all, for me yeah. it was all of the snaps on the inside. You know, I had taken the whole guts out like any other creator does. Wired my helmet for my comms and uh, my uh, GoPro and everything. All had all my speaker wires and everything. Got it all, you know, tucked in. Looked really nice. I mean, where you know, if you bought the little thing to put on the front, you had very few wires coming out of your helmet. It looked great. I mean, for a creator's helmet, it was perfect. And then the first time I put it on my head and I pulled it off when I got home and the whole, basically the whole top of it stayed on my head. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> my R11 does that too, though. Oh, 
Same was that thing. also a 2.0? Mine was a 2.0, yep. Yeah, mine was too. So that's that's the difference, I think, between the 3.0, and I just want to make everybody aware. I do. I had no experience with the 2.0. I am by no means like a, a Rurock. Uh, you know, I, you cut I don't one know it half, all. Dan. Come on, <laughs> come on now. Secret sponsorship now. <laughs> no, I will hand it to them though, because when I first discovered them, I think it was on social media. They have a hell of a marketing plan for their for their gear for their stuff. It looks great. I mean, I work in a marketing department. I can appreciate the work that they put into their marketing. It makes it look like a top-notch product. Unfortunately, yeah, but, but come on, man that that wasn't a very sophisticated rollout on YouTube. I mean, I, I'm honestly surprised, Tony, you and Ryan took the bait. Oh, I, dude, I mean, I, it, it was it was so obvious what was going on when those rocks that um, started hitting YouTube. You know, that was Confucius all sponsors over stuff. here. <laughs> Just saying, hey, I still got my five hundred bucks. <laughs> there you go. I do not. It's sitting on a shelf in the garage. Yeah, Tony's got the world's most expensive bedpan. Yes. <laughs> so, so to kind of bring that back to like my content, the video that I made where I cut the root rock in half, I ordered that helmet because of all this conversation of um, just a lot of questions. And I figured like, I'm going to order this helmet. I'm going to cut it in half. It's going to be incredibly expensive, burn 500 bucks just to, fill in the blanks of content that I didn't see existing on YouTube. It was my attempt of kind of giving back to a community where it's like, I don't, I don't make a ton of money off this YouTube channel, but I'm to the point now where I make just enough that I think I can just burn it on this video and like not be, I don't know. My my wife didn't think it was a very smart idea, but either way (laughs) um, (laughs) I ordered it and then I decided to just cut it in half. And then I also had my, old showy sitting here. So I, I cut that in half as well to compare a Rurock to a showy. Um, now I, again, get kind of bringing this back and we'll talk about sponsors. I know that's something we want to talk about our sponsorships in the future, but the first video, the way that I put it, and I don't think I could have put it any better is that the way that I feel about Rurock in no way, shape or form has any reflection of what I think about the content creators who promote it no differently than what I think about, you know, a Big Mac and McDonald's to what, you know, Michael Jordan as somebody who promoted that, that brand, you know, like the name of the people who are promoting it aren't necessarily tied to the brand and nobody's, you know, crapping all over Michael Jordan for the, the Big Mac. So, you know, at the end of the day, I want to make it clear that um, anything I say where it could easily probably be in the, the world we live in today of sound bites misconstrued as uh, shading other creators. Um, it's not like that. I mean, I have no, qualms about it. People are willing to and able to promote whatever they want. So um, I didn't want to let that stifle my video though, because when I ordered the Rurock, there was a part of me that feared making that video. And that fear was there are some creators that I absolutely adore on this platform, huge, huge influences to me. And this isn't going to sit well with them. And I knew it wasn't going to, but that fear also made me realize I have to do this because that there's no way, like if I ever got to the point of having 500,000 subscribers, I never ever want somebody at 20,000 subscribers feeling like a video they might make, might make me upset. I am nobody. It doesn't matter if I, you know, whatever. I, I just don't want people to feel that way about me. So I also expect the same thing 
of the creators that are kind of in that position that I aspire to also be uh, at in some point. So um, just kind of wanted to get that out of the way, but yes, I did totally mutilate this helmet. <laughs> and who's to say they don't like the helmet. I mean, everybody likes different shit. Well, I know, I know, I know a throttle fiend in our discord. He actually went <laughs> down wearing that helmet. Mm-hmm. He yeah. walked away without any head injuries. So we know it'll protect your head. It's a, it's an EC. What is ECE is, it is ECE rated, but Dustin, I'll also say that there are people who have gone down without a helmet and they also can't make the claim that not wearing a helmet then made them safer because they're still alive without the helmet. Oh, I hear that. I hear that every week. I I hear that every week. (laughs) Yep. I agree. But, and then that goes for any helmet, you know, naturally, if you go down with any helmet, I don't care if you're wearing a skull cap or whatever, you go down and you come up and you pop up, you're going to be like, man, thank God I had that thing on my head. You know, it's kind of that thanking whatever is there to potentially thank. Right. So well, I think- were your, your fears were in, was any of that true? Did anyone actually reach out to you and say, I wish you hadn't made that video? So no, not at all. And without mentioning any names, uh, there are some that uh, I have had contact with and have relationships with. And I, I made sure I still have not reached out to any of them uh, to, I didn't reach out for a heads up. I didn't reach out for, I didn't want to feel like anybody thought I was trying to leverage anything. So I just sure. kind of right. let the content speak for itself. And if anybody's upset, they can call me. And if anybody got so offended by what I thought was very transparent content that they would never want anything to do with me again, then uh, so be it. I, you know what, it, it is what it is. That's, I'm not that kind of person anyway, so I wouldn't want to associate with that kind of person. Well, I thought the uh, videos were really well done. Tell them to get over yeah. It. yeah. I mean, the videos were well done, very factual, right? I mean, the data is there, was well presented. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I can't wait for you to cut more shit in half. <laughs> no, no, cut it in half. Yeah, because you need to open up a Patreon or something because I can't afford to keep doing it. Yeah, Yeah, because I was uh, honestly expecting Fortnite to do a video like that because the helmet had so much hype and they don't mind destroying gear for the sake of uh, the greater good. They're the the retail business, man. He he did do a Fidlock video that was was very good. Yeah, compared it to the other latching systems, the D-Ring won out overall. Really you know, and that's, but that's a good point. Cause I, and I, as I've mentioned, I told you guys, I was speaking with the CEO and I'll tell you guys exactly the way that I was, I I'd spoke to him. Um, and I didn't back down from any of the statements that I made in my, my video. I was brutally honest with him. And I told him, I said, you need to get to the point with this helmet where that Fidlock video, right? You guys can watch that video and you can then look at those specs and go, Oh, that the Fidlock is worse. But I, the takeaway was it was marginally worse. Was it like really a huge deal? Probably no. not. It's back to an argument of of preference specs. Like, is ECE better than Snell? Is when well, I mean, we all know DOT doesn't count for anything. But is uh, carbon fiber better than fiberglass? When you start getting into those arguments, it's really just more bar stool, like just preferential kind of not, like nonsense. What isn't nonsense is when you grab that helmet and grab that cheek pad and your just hand goes straight to the shell and there's no material there. That's, that's the stuff that nobody can argue. In my video, I was very, very clear in the demonstration of that fact. So um, yeah, that's sorry. Well, that's one of the things you have to call out because that's a safety concern. 
Yeah, and I did call that out. I asked yeah. the question. Yep. Um, I was reassured that the helmet did pass ECE testing. I did uh, also look into how ECE testing is done. And honestly, I don't think side impact is really a whole lot of it anyways. So I don't think the cheek pads have any bearing on that. What is a safety issue is if you, the helmet spins around on your head when you go down, that's probably not preferable. Yeah. Do they even test it with the padding in it for those specs, or is it just the shell that passes the specs? Good question. I tried to look it up. I tried to see. There, there's, there is no information. No information. Because I know Snell has their certain shit, but I don't know if they just test the shells or the completed helmet. I mean, you have to remember some of that stuff's kind of proprietary too. So if they start releasing all of that testing information, these companies are sending their helmets off for testing there. It it costs money and there's a lot behind it. So it's just a matter of, did it get the sticker or did it not get the sticker? I don't know how much of that they're, they're releasing, but they did release their sharp testing, which I don't know nothing about sharp. Um, But I did look at the testing. So I know nothing about it analyze the testing so my you know my opinion means nothing but it i guess it looked good but i, I don't know what i'm looking at honestly there's there's more problems with helmets when people um when people don't have the the straps that go underneath their chin tight enough as opposed to the actual connectors failing um if you working in a hospital we know this that more oftentimes than not if you see a helmet that's off of someone's head that was on it and those uh, straps are still done up, it's because they were way too loose. And so as soon as that impact happened, that thing popped off their head like, you know, uh, like a Pez, like a Pez machine. So um, that is human error really amounts to more injuries when it comes to helmets in terms of misuse than, than anything else. It's like riding your helmet with your visor open and then you get into an accident, your face is all cut up. It's because the visor is actually meant to be closed, not open. But how do you get you know, air? What's that? Well, <clears throat> how do you get airflow? <laughs> you're not going to suffocate in a helmet. So that's actually what uh, uh, Fortnite's video talked about, why the Fidlock was worse. And I think he likened it to like a kid's rollerblade. He's like, you know, you have those those uh, latches and stuff. And over time, you look at your kid and they're going down the driveway with their angles at a 45 degree because their skates have loosened up over time. And all they do is just keep relatching the latch. They never actually retighten it. And that's why he said the Fidlock was worse than a D-ring because a D-ring, every time you put it on, you're cinching it down and setting the tightness. With a Fidlock, if that mechanism loosens up over time, you just keep magnetically throwing it together. You're never actually having that effort to re-cinch it back down again. So that seemed to yep. be a pretty fair critique. Yep. Which which leads which leads right back to what I just said, which was human error, right? Yeah. I mean, the the, the problem with most of those is is human error and not not utilizing the tool correctly. I'll tell you what, if you're in an accident so bad that your latching system fails, you have more to worry about. Absolutely. Right. Right. So let me ask you this question. So since the CEO contacted you and y'all have had all this conversation, is there a future sponsorship in the works? Maybe there's certainly no conversation about that. Now Um, the conversation that I had with him, I'm going to tell you First off, the moment I got a a message from the CEO, I rolled my eyes and was immediately angry because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not malleable in my opinions. I'm not manipulated. You know, don't reach out to me to to manipulate the narrative, but I also am a people person. And with anyone here on the panel, um, I mean, anybody I've ever met at an event knows that I can just go on for a long time. I'm, I'm a long winded person. 
Um, so I, I did engage with in conversation and that's where I, I told him, I kind of said that I would keep it like confidential because it's interesting. Cause I do know that there is way more value in growing my YouTube channel to just screenshot that whole conversation and make a video talking about all these things. I can't, again, the gotcha stuff. And um, it's not who, what I'm about. So yeah. I just, again, the conversation was very candid. I said, I firmly believe in the video. I said that I think the shell is good, which I do. I think the shell production wise, I agree. 3.0. It's great. Um, you know, the foam that I saw, as I showed everybody, the interior foam, EPS foam, it's fine. I, for what I, my qualifications of comparing EPS foams, which is nothing, but looks good. Um, the liner wasn't good. Um, so I, I told him all that. And then we had a lot of conversations. I actually got to the point where I told him, I was like, man, these conversations are getting pretty long winded. At some point I'm going to ask for a, a spot on the board of directors yeah, because consulting you know, it's like, <laughs> like free advice. But um, what I'll say is I have heard leaving names out that um, Ruroc as a company is growing, which I think nobody could argue the fact they're new in this space. Yep. And the people that I have heard from talk about the people at Ruroc and that was something that the conversation with the CEO, I realized I'm like, this guy isn't, I don't believe he's trying to manipulate everybody as much as if you start watching all the content and you're like, man, he's reached out to all these creators. Like that's weird. I started viewing it more like, I think he's doing exactly what I do on my YouTube channel. When somebody like says some nonsense on a comment or whatever, like I'll be in the bathroom the next morning, like getting ready for work. And I'm just like on the toilet, typing back some comment, like, fuck you. And it's because I'm super passionate. Like I'm defending what I'm doing. Um, everybody here on this panel, uh, you know, would defend their own space. And I think that's what's happening with Ruroc. Now, the problem with that is the narrative is easily changed to something else. And I don't think it's a good thing for the CEO to be reaching out to people. And I told him that. So uh, but I also then kind of get it because he's just trying to defend himself. But here's where I stand with Ruroc, with talking about like sponsorships in the future. The helmet that I cut in half, I told, I would never recommend anybody buy that because the cheek pad was so bad. Um, I didn't think the value was there. I thought, you know, I, I see people in the comments, oh, it's a $150 helmet. No, it's not. It's, it's not a $500 helmet, but we're not going to go and overcorrect the other way. Right. It's maybe a 300 something dollar helmet. And then he sent me the new helmet with the new cheek pads. And I was afraid of that. Cause I'm like, people are going to think now I'm like some sort of like hidden sponsorship. So I told, this is what I told the CEO, Dan Reese. I said, look, Dan, you need new cheek pads. Spoiler alert. They were already making them because they knew of the problems that it existed. So they knew that they had these new cheek pads. I said, here's what I'm willing to do for you. I don't want a sponsorship. I will not link anything in any description because I don't want anybody to be able to, you know, to accuse me of affiliate link or like hidden anything. Um, send me the new stuff. If it's good, I'll talk about it. If it's bad, don't send it. And that was pretty much the conversation. So he sent me the new helmet. I put a video out on Sunday and the new cheek pads were great. They, they're, they're much thicker. Uh, it's not just one singular piece of foam. It's built up layers of different types of foam that feel full and, and nice on the cheek and it changed the helmet from a helmet. I would tell you like flat out, don't buy this helmet to 
If you're okay with a, a, a louder helmet, if you're going to ride with earplugs, fine. It is a louder helmet. If you love the way it looks, buy, you know, go ahead, buy it. As long as you're okay with spending the extra money on those cheap pads because it is an extra premium. So going back to Tony and Ryan, your Ruroc 2.0s. You're fuck Ruroc all day long. <laughs> yep. For sure. Getting t-shirts made and everything. <laughs> I've seen people in the comments of this video I put out yesterday saying the same thing. And I can't believe that they're cash grabbing on new cheek pads. But the one thing I will defend with Ruroc is that going back to before I had play YouTube money, which I did not come from money. I was still not far off from paycheck to paycheck guy. When I bought my first helmet, that was 350 bucks. My RFSR, which was the first helmet that I started riding with. If that helmet was a turd, I had no other money. I literally had no other money. So I am happy that Ruroc came out with a $25 solution because all those people who went out and bought that helmet, who have it sitting on a shelf somewhere right now because they don't think it's safe enough to ride with whatever, they at least have a $25 path to putting that helmet back on their head. And that says something to me um, as opposed to a company that would just kind of ignore it until the next product. I expected Ruroc, to be honest with you, to just have the 4.0 coming out in December and hoping to just kind of brush the 3.0, the 2.0, and the 1.0 under the rug. Uh, so giving people a path towards whatever makes them happy with the product for 25 bucks, I don't think there's a whole lot of profit being made off of those uh, replacement cheek pads. At that. Yeah, it's, so, the, it's the right move. It's the right you're, move. You're, the only thing, my only qualm about, against that is that it's a $25 solution plus $25 for shipping because you're, yes. get, it's being sent to you from the UK. So it's not a $25 solution. So, you know, let's let's be honest about the, the real of it is I, I want to say the last time when I had to pay shipping there, um, it might have been $29 for, for shipping from the UK. Now, you, you do oftentimes get a code sent to you by Ruroc. Thank you for your business. You know, your next purchase on us is for free shipping. But, you know, and, and the other thing is, is uh, I will say when I got my first helmet, I followed their sizing chart. I ordered a medium. I opened up the box. You ordered a, a medium for that fucking for your head? <laughs> Hold on. I followed their, listen, I followed their sizing chart. I got, I got the, I got the box. I opened it up in the box. The box said medium inside of the box was a triple X or large. And it probably fit. Well, which they tell pictures me, of you on nope, your YouTube channel. Nope. Which tells me that that, that box had a different helmet in it that had already been shipped back because somebody was either unhappy or it was something was fucked up. And so, and then, you know, because I'm north of the wall, we don't have UHS here, which is what delivers in uh, the UK. They don't do, um, they don't do uh, is that federal driven express. driven by sled dogs? No, no, the, no, that, it's, that, it's the, the yellow, the yellow truck delivery company. We don't, we don't have that here. DHL. Or DHL, yeah, yeah, DHL. That's what it is. We don't have that here, so I had to go to Ruhr. I had I'd have it shipped back to them by Federal Express, and then have them send me, you know, pay me back for the shipping before I could get my new helmet. So before I even got my Ruhrock, it literally took almost the entire 2020 COVID winter for me to get one helmet that I had ordered in November. I didn't actually get it until March. 
And then it worked for me for 30 days before I, um, you know, poured gasoline in it and use it for a bonfire in my backyard. <laughs> Damn. You know, that's right, an interesting point. Rock enough, man. Let's move on. <laughs> that, that's an interesting point, And that ties it back to what we were talking about with sponsorships, because what you just said to me is um, I'm a hypocrite because here I am. I spent 500 bucks on the first helmet that I cut in half. And I said what I said. I paid the money that I paid like anybody else would. And when I say, oh, it's a $500 helmet, people are like, no, it's like 430 bucks. I'm like, yeah, by the time you pay whatever the 50 for shipping. And then if you want the butt plugs, you have to put in there to get closing. You know, you start all this extra stuff out the door. It's a $500 something helmet. So here I am putting out a video on Sunday saying, look, they came out with cheek pads. It's better than nothing. 25 bucks. I can assure you. I think that everybody in the world right now, like they view everything like an iPhone and they think that like, Oh, those cheek pads, they only cost six cents to make. And they're, they're selling them for 25 bucks. Now the volume that these guys are selling probably isn't that good. The cheek pads probably cost a pretty penny to make that layered foam probably isn't cheap. They're not making a bunch of money. So 25 bucks, a great solution. But here I am as an influencer who got sent a helmet who did not mention by the way, you also have to pay the freight and the freight is going to make it a $50 solution. Now that doesn't mean that it's a $50 solution that Ruroc is now making a bunch of money on, but it's a cost to the consumer. So it's hard when you do sponsored content to, when you, when you're not playing with your own money to remember that kind of stuff. And it's not done in malice. It's just done in, in literal, literal ignorance. You know, you're just not thinking about it because you didn't pay the money. Um, so it's, uh, it's kind of interesting tying that all back to the sponsorship thing, but good for you for staying true to yourself. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck so I know the comments will be flying around with Dan's a Rue rock rider now, but like I told everybody, I still, I prefer my show. We are a 1400 and, um, to answer your question, I, I did kind of dodge your question about like what I consider a sponsorship with Rue rock in the future. And I, I never, I would never say never. Um, but I certainly wouldn't promote a product that I didn't think was worthy of promoting. Absolutely. Um, I would certainly want to vet out a little bit more of like the people behind uh, the company. Uh, but I do understand and see why other people who promote the brand and having conversations with the CEO where I wasn't intending on screenshotting and putting the guy on blast evolved conversation. You're like, I, I do understand the passion. You're never going to have a conversation with the CEO of showy or awry. You're never even going to know who the hell that guy is. So if you do have a problem with that product, you're going to be dealing with some customer service department that, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a creator is the only reason why I talk to talk to the CEO. You know I, mean? I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with sponsorship in and of itself. I mean, I wouldn't know because no one's ever given me shit. I pay for everything <laughs> on my channel. But I, I think it comes down to what you said before. Are you going to be honest? You know, are you going to be true? Are you going to be, you know, in full disclosure, you know, of, of everything that you're observing with that product, regardless of whether the person that gave it to you wants, wants it all to be good or not? You know, it's, it's the it's only the way people to, do that that to spend your own money. I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. If anybody out there wants to sponsor me, please send me shit I don't like and we'll, we'll test that theory out. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I think it really does come down to the individual because it's, you, you said something, oh, I can't remember. I was watching a video of yours not too long ago and, and it, it really comes down to what's your credibility worth to you? 
you know, to me, integrity and honor is, I mean, that's about it. There's, there's nothing more valuable than that. Um, So if you start compromising, you know, just because someone gave you something to review, I I think, I think there, you got problems. Yeah. And I can see, honestly, the other creators that do promote Rurock as a brand, I I understand it. I see it. They got a helmet. Now, again, I've never seen the 2.0, so I don't know, but you know, I've heard people talk about the snaps coming. Like if you're a creator and you get a 2.0 and you pull the helmet off your head and the whole thing comes off with your head. It's a situation. Yeah. I don't know how you could promote that, but what I I can talk about the 3.0 in the form that that it is. If I got that helmet and opened it up, and was like, hey, it seems like again, shell seems good. Uh, you know, the, the EPS liner seems good. The interior liner, eh, it's okay, but it's a new and growing company. It's good enough for me to push on the on the channel. I think it's a good enough packaged helmet. I get it. Um, unfortunately yeah, but, but for take, Rurock, take it away from take it off Rurock though, right? I mean, because we're, we're kind of sticking all this on Rurock, and it's it's so much bigger than just Rurock. I mean, you could and you can tell without mentioning names, right? Who the ones are out there that just push product, right. Versus actually doing something that's meaningful and trying to, to um, really just do something good for the community and getting the word out about something. I guess what, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is, there's no creator that I've seen that promotes this brand that has the malice in them to promote an unsafe helmet for the sake of money. I don't, I do not feel that way. I, I, I certainly feel like, when you get something for free and you know, you, you might overlook some of the worst qualities of it. Um, and maybe there's some, some short sightedness there, but again, if they got the new helmet that I got and they opened that up, I, I, if, if, if none of this happened, nothing, if this, if we weren't talking about any of this content, nothing. And this was starting today, brand new company, uh, Rurock sent me this. I would open this up and I would have promoted that helmet. Now that's kind of where I think it's, it's, you have to kind of look at this stuff and realize like, did Michael Jordan eat a Big Mac every day? Do, do any of these people that you see on any of these commercials that are promoting any, I mean, honestly, bullshit that you see out there is anybody turning around immediately and being like, you know, you're responsible for childhood obesity, you know, like, no, they just, whatever. I think, I, I think this is, this is the way I look at it, Dan. And, and, and this is kind of uh you know, I kind of, I've talked to Tony about this and I kind of took a page out, page out of Tony's. Hold on, hold on. You'll, you'll see where I'm, you'll see where I'm going with this. Dan, if you ever, if you ever met me in person, you'd see that the gear that I've put on my channel that I've done a review on, like, dislike, whatever I'm using it, I'm wearing it, I'm riding it because I believe in it. If, if somebody sends me something and I don't believe in it, I'll call them up and I'll say, I'm going to send this back to you because you don't want my review. I'm not going to do, I don't do negative reviews on my channel. I don't do a review on my channel. And, and I actually have a positive review of Rurock on my channel that I did when I got it as a kind of a first impressions unboxing kind of situation. But I didn't jump on the negative Rurock band, bandwagon. I just got a new helmet and moved on to my new helmet. And I just left it at that. Um, that's kind of how I, you know, how I do it. I have a vest that I wear all the time that I would absolutely promote and i tag it anytime in my instagram and whatever um i just did a video on the boots that i wear but i i wear i've worn them for five thousand miles this season so i think that from my perspective that's for me to be true to myself is that i will promote something that i use that i ride that i wear and that i believe in and if i don't it's not going to be on my channel 
that's that's kind of how I do it. That way, I can I can say that I'm true to myself. And if I and it and if I don't like it, I'm not going to do a negative review. I'm just going to send it back and say I won't do a review on your product. It's just not it's not for me. It's not you know. And I've had a couple of those saying you know somebody's like, hey, can I send you this product? And I'm like, have you seen my bike? I wouldn't put that on my bike. It's not my style. It's not what I like. It's not what I run. I'm sorry. That you know, a don't, piece of shit. I'm not putting it on my bike. To tie that back to the creators who do promote the brand, like there are some things that I've seen that I'll, I'll point out that some of these creators have in their unboxings, uh, unboxings open things up and they have a pin lock in there, which actually costs money. People don't realize right. you have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. They've had, so the creator gets this box. They open it up. They see the product and go, this is pretty solid. Again, you get to a point where you're like, how much digging are you really doing at that point? Um, right. It's not the people who are promoting the brand to say, like when you say that you would never promote something that you don't think is safe also then kind of makes it sound like we're saying that the creators who were promoting Rue Rock were doing it when they knew it was unsafe. And I don't for a second believe oh, I don't, I don't that think any of them opened that up and was like, this thing is absolutely yeah, shit. I don't think anybody's saying time to turn, that time to record a video. Right. I, mean, right. I don't think I don't think anybody's trying to trying to convey that message at all. You know, I think it, it just comes down to I mean, you're again, it's pretty obvious when you're pushing product. Right. You know, but you, you did something about this that I don't know. I'm kind of curious about. I mean, you you decided to cut a thousand dollars worth of helmets apart um, <laughs> to make a video. Do you regret that decision? Um. Yes. No, no, I don't. Um. Again, it comes down to just being what I felt was uniquely positioned to do it. Um, I know it sounds probably stupid to say it's like for the community, but it's one of those things where it was like the only way we could all make conjecture videos all day long talking about whatever we want with Rurock. The only way to really figure this out is if somebody's going to cut this thing in half. And I had the idea and I'm like, whatever this could, it could go viral and I can make, a couple grand off of it, or it could flop. And I could worst case scenario, I lost a thousand bucks. I've been working at this channel long enough and the community has given me enough resources to sort of be able to justify it. Not really. I basically burnt an entire month's revenue, uh, being, you know, to, to make that video. Um, but I'm also not a full-time YouTuber. I have a full-time job. So um, oh, dude, I make, I make $49 a month off my YouTube video. So you're full-time forever. Yeah. Full-time $49 a month. Take me forever to pay off those goddamn helmets. <laughs> Give me nightmares when I saw you doing that. So you guys, yeah, all, the, all, all the motorcycle people who hate shit. when I do a truck video, you're welcome that I do truck videos. Cause that's why I was able to cut a Rue rock in half. So <laughs> one thing pays for the other. Nice. So talking, nice. talking sponsorships, just a little more, We've had a couple on this on this show. Unfortunately, one we don't have anymore, but we do still have Memphis Shades. Manscaped and us were no longer uh, a thing anymore, but that's something we could... were too hairy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much to cut through. They Broke that damn lawnmower. Down. Tony's you lawnmower to... went... <laughs> you, you need to stop that and say that somebody nicked their nutsack, so you're not promoting it anymore because it's an unsafe product. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had that discussion. Oh, I got you, a you can, you can cut, cut that out, Dustin. That thing, out. That, thing works, that thing works like a charm. No nicking. No nick technology. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But when we got a pro, well, I think, did we reach out to Memphis Shades or did they reach out to us? I don't remember. Well, I know Manscaped. I think it was kind of a mutual thing. Yeah, I know because some of us have have had 
fairings and windshield sponsor to us. Yeah, I've been and we believed in the product. We believed in the product before that partnership. And still, I mean, I'll never talk negative on Memphis Shades because I know how well that product works. Mm-hmm. Their customer service is great. They make great products. I've even had an accident where that windshield took a big brunt of what could have been catastrophic damage to probably a lot of other windshields and fairings that could have been on that bike, but it just had a crack in it after getting hit by an 18 wheeler and it still stayed on the bike. Pretty damn solid windshield and fairing. If you ask me, but even with, you know, with manscape too, they reached out to us. They, they sent us product for us to try to make sure that, you know, it was product that we thought was worth the time in pushing their stuff. We tried it out. The ball toners, it. fabulous. Yeah. Everything I had, I can't say a bad thing about. So we had, you no. know, I don't know if anybody, but it, but anyway, you know, that's I mean, For that's not being sponsored. You're doing a pretty damn good job of promoting the product. <laughs> well, right? it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Well, well I mean, saying. we just we just he, he want is, people to but make... it was it was high risk, low reward for me. So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it just it's just one of those things. Ryan, where, Ryan wouldn't even say the name of DHL. He was calling him the big yellow truck. I know, right? The big <laughs> yellow guy. <laughs> no, but I know there's people out there that that'll say like, if you get a sponsorship, oh, you sold out this and that. But no, I mean, these are these are products that we use that we truly liked, use, and believed in. We're not gonna take every sponsorship that's thrown at us. That's not the way it works. I mean, I know that I didn't do that when I was you doing YouTube. You know, that's not the way that, you know, the five of us are going to do it here. I mean, that's just, that's not us. That's, that's not our, that's not our MO. No. And Memphis Shades converted me to a windshield person. So I hated them before. Now you're on the bandwagon. Now I'm on the bandwagon and happy to be there. You know, just really, I've, I've, being that I've done this for a few years now and I've, I don't just create YouTube videos. I, I watch a lot of these people that, come up and do really well. I watch people who kind of get into it and then dip out of it. There's so much, so much variety there that execution on sponsorships is a skill set in and of itself. Um, you guys mentioning Memphis uh, shades. I've listened to the, the podcast and you guys, first of all, it belongs in the context of the conversation. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, there's never been a point where I've heard like one of your, Memphis shades reads, if you want to call it that, where it felt out of place. I think it's, if you guys did an entire episode talking about Memphis shades is where people would be like, okay, all right. You know, like this is just getting to be like uh, a a never ending advertisement for Memphis shades. And I'm not going to listen to this on my way to work every day. Um, And I think I, I I'm starting to see this trend on, on YouTube and it's a part of why I really have this like urge to to make money to be able to buy this stuff so that I don't have to take the sponsorships because I watch other creators who do just incredibly well. Again, these creators that I look up to, but you start seeing when they hit this tilt into from the sweet spot to the, okay, you're doing too much. And when you hit the too much part, I think a lot of these creators have a very rude awakening moment where they get backlash from their viewers who supported and loved them enough to grow them to the point of where they were able to be so successful. And then they start getting a bunch of heat and it's like, Whoa, Whoa, what the hell's going on? So 
it's just a very fine line to walk and making sure that your execution has the integrity behind it. And is not just, if it's going to be an ad read, let it be an ad read and let it stand on its own. If it's going to be a paid product thing, you need to make sure that your integrity is more important than the brand you're promoting. And if that doesn't come through in the video, you fail. I think a lot of those that hit that spot though, and I've seen it a lot over the last probably 12 months, they change, right? I mean, they're no longer doing what they did before. They're not doing it the same way. They're not really connecting with their community the same way. That's one of the things that's been really impressive as I've, you know, followed you for, for quite a while, Dan, and you, your, your numbers are going up, right? I mean, I was looking the other day, I'm like, holy shit. Cause I think you're kind of at that, one of those first few inflection points, you know, where things are really going to start to pop, but um, you know, you stay who you are. You don't change your delivery. You know, you don't really change the the, the style of the content much. Yeah, virtually right? no improvement. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, no. but I mean, you, you know, you know what I mean, right? I mean, these these others, you can you can you can see that change when they hit that. Yeah, for sure. I think I, I think it's oh, shit. you know it's it's worth. <laughs> I think it's worth it's worth noting though, uh, Percy, that um, some of the I, I, what I what I'm seeing right now is that um, specifically if you're gonna if you're gonna again without naming any names when people start to make their content a living, they have to change their delivery because now their livelihood depends on what they're doing in their content as opposed to their content being you know, more, you know, more surrounded around maybe what they want to do. Now they have to kind of cater some of that to what their viewers want to see so that their content continues to deliver them an income. And so that no no doubt, that's where I think some of that changes is because now where I might not weigh in on my, my uh, personal feeling I'm going to weigh in on what the community is telling me to feel because that's what they want to hear anyway. Right. But we're not, I mean, we're, we're in a, we're in a different market than the people out shilling iPhones. Right. I mean, you know, in the motorcycling YouTube community, it's really about being who you are. Right. And us all connecting with, with who we are with each other. And I, I think that for the last year, there's been a a shift. So are you telling me that I'm just a huge fuck off sign? Uh, sometimes, I mean, you know, you kind of, you, you know, yes. uh, you know I mean, especially when about... you get that pink light going on. Right <laughs> we're also talking about sponsorship just for free product, right? Right. Send us free product. Now, right. at a certain level at YouTube, not only do you get the free product, but you get a $5,000 check right behind it to make the video. Yeah. So then integrity really comes into play because the product might be shit, but they're going to pay me five grand to do one video. Yeah, I don't get either yep. one of those. Maybe. <laughs> well, I don't. I'm sure either. a lot of you guys watch other content creators, and I there's one nothing I hate more than somebody being like, "Oh, do you watch so and so?" There's like eight billion YouTube channels, and we don't all watch the same shit. Right, but right, right, like Demolition Ranch, I'm sure you guys have heard of like bazillion yep. subscribers, whatever. So if you look at somebody like that, they take their content and their content's all about their life. Not much different than the motor moto vloggers you watch. Um, your favorite larger uh, moto vloggers to your smallest are, are you, you watch them because of them. No different than demolition ranch. His ads are in the very beginning of the video, a, a, a 20 second ad read, and then into the actual content. The difference I see with the motorcycle world with YouTube 
is that, and I think a big part of it is because we all feel a connection to the brands because it's, it's a smaller community. So the jacket that you wear, if you can develop a relationship with that jacket company, you'll make dedicated jacket videos. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. these other larger lifestyle uh, YouTubers who are just reading, you know, the Manscaped ad for 20 seconds and then getting into the content. Um, so I think that we're seeing in the moto vlogging community or just that area in general that we, the creators, maybe we're giving too much to these brands where we're actually just giving them too much of the time. And then the viewers are rejecting the, the time that we, the creators are, are giving to that, that product. And I think that some of these creators, you start watching the content when you're like, Oh, that whole video was just to get to them talking about the Memphis shades windshield or all that. Like, you feel duped and there's kind of a part of that where oh, yeah. it's like, it's just kind of like dirty almost. So again, the execution is, is where it's at. And I, I personally like the way that our community does it where we're helping these smaller companies basically promote product. We're kind of helping the small guy, but you start watching the viewers go like, all right, enough is enough. You're, you know, stop trying to sell me these hand grips or whatever. For well, the last you're six start, months. You're starting to see the big brands too, like push stuff down to yep. the smaller YouTube channels. You know, yep. now you're in that, like where you are, Dan, that 25,000, you know, range. And all of a sudden you're seeing, Oh, look, I got a box full of the latest shit from some motorcycle company. And it's their entire line. And then for the next two months, all you see are videos coming out talking about how awesome those components of that line are, you know, how hard is it for every one of you guys on the panel to create content and keep coming up with fresh content, something to talk about. And now all of a sudden, if your garage is full of boxes of stuff, you're like, Oh, I can talk about this. Great. A video done. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like also free content for you. So you don't have to really think about it. You're just right. I can make, I can talk about this thing. Um, But again, you talk about this thing too much and people, start raging against the machine a little bit. So, well, they do. I, I got to a point where I was doing a lot of reviews and shit and I kept getting comments of you've turned into commercials. Your videos are now commercials. Yeah. You know, they're no longer moto vlogs or whatever, but, but you know, fuck, I had to pay for all that shit. Mostly. So it's all those you. fucking cleaning supplies, man. <laughs> you know, God damn, you I, got I, every completing what... supply on the market in that garage. You know, I told Dan Reese, the CEO of Rurock, that I personally think that me creating a video saying that the new cheek pads for the Rurock Atlas 3.0 make this helmet worlds of difference better, but I'm still going to ride my showy makes what I said about the Rurock even more important because it's not me trying to sell you that product. I, I do not care what you wear. I don't care what you put on your head. I'm telling you that I would tell you that if you're okay spending the money, as long as you're aware of the money, buy it all day. I, I have no, don't buy the one that I cut in half. It's garbage. Well, specifically, <laughs> specifically that one. I'll sell that one to you for 200 bucks. But um, <laughs> each and it comes with super glue. Can we buy a half for a hundred? <laughs> you better get some JB Weld on that fucker. <laughs> Nothing JB Weld and duct tape can't fix. Yeah, but I think that there's more value of, uh, you know, naturally there's going to be people on the video that think that I'm now a secret shill for Rurock. I can't avoid that, and I don't care about that. What I do care about again is that the most majority of people I think understand that. By me saying, I don't care if you buy this, I'm still going to wear this, has better value for me, better value for Rurock, and just is more transparent in general um, than having one of the larger creators come out and try to push that um, as some sort of advertisement, I suppose. Well, here's what people really want to know, Dan. You, you spent a lot of money on that goddamn saw. What are you cutting in half next? 
<laughs> I don't know. I've had people reach out and ask if they can send me helmets and um, I haven't taken people up on it because number one, I want to be able to put the helmet on my head and I'm not putting on somebody's nasty used helmet to go and uh, talk about it. <laughs> oh, come on. Take one for the team. <laughs> and um, boots, man. I, cut boots. I also is, I also would only want to cut a new helmet, something that I know I got straight out of the box, not necessarily tampered with. Now it's down to, can I afford to just keep buying People are like, oh, dude, cut an awry. And I'm like, yeah, let me just spend another 750 bucks. Yeah, so. fuck that. I think, you should go, I think you should go all in. I mean, if your truck content's really killing it, just cut that yeah. F-150 right now. I know, now. right? <laughs> I mean, I know, right? Let's, 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 let's call a spade a spade. Don't, don't be a chicken shit. Cut that fucker in half. Yeah. Well, you did the I can rap. tell you right now. Cut it, the bumper in half and look what it, see what it looks like. After I get done with divorce court, I don't want a whole bunch of half helmets. That's, that, that, that's what I'm walking out with is a whole bunch of cut in half yeah. helmets. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's, it's, I say that, but my wife, she's super supportive of, of the channel. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things that I would love to get into more of it. If I could, um, find a way, I am not like a Patreon guy. Um, I should be. And if I was smart, I would probably start making this kind of like what I do, um, and start trying to push that a little bit. But, um, I am always apprehensive of, going too hard in one direction and then having that be ultimately the thing where people are like, Oh, this is all this guy does now I'm done. You know? So, um, I don't know who knows what I'm doing. So there final words on the rural rock. If, if the new, <laughs> if, if, Christ, dude. no, 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 no. <laughs> motherfucker to death. I've, been, I've been trying to ask this for almost an hour. So that helmet with the new cheek pads comes in a box after you paid $500 for it. Is it worth the $500? It goes back to the argument that I mentioned earlier of, it puts it back into a subjective argument. Yes, it's worth the $500 if you're okay with a louder helmet, if you love the design. Because there are a bunch of Rurock fanboys who absolutely are enamored with the design and could care less about the noise. And it's it went from a helmet that I would tell you do not buy to a helmet that I would not tell you not to buy at the price point, knowing that you have to spend all that money. So um, it's improved. It should, it's, 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 it's a different helmet. It's having, if Victoria's Secret sold underwear lined with sandpaper, what did he say? Nobody would, nobody would sell, they wouldn't sell a whole bunch of it. It's Mary's face. The, the touch point of the helmet, the most important part of that entire helmet, I think is the cheek pad. So when you make it uh, a better product that feels better on the touch points, yeah, I mean it, it's it's a totally different helmet. So did you, just, did you points. just compare underwear touch points to the inside <laughs> right? of the helmet? No, that was that was bizarre. Nobody <laughs> likes sand in their crotch when they're at their beach. They sure don't like sandpaper in their crotch. I can it, it's uh, really it, as weird as it is game. to compare to underwear. It's the only it's the only comparison I could give to like a touch point of a product, something or, or you know you hear about it with auto, the automobile industry. Everybody talks about the the. Uh, hard plastics and stuff on the interior versus the soft touch stuff, the things you're making contact with, that's the most important part of the product. So the touch, you know, the cheek pad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it changes completely changes the helmet. So no, I still wouldn't pay $500 that fucked up Batman graphic. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, God damn. It, the, the big critique that I have is that they should be selling that cheek pad in the helmet to begin with. That's really the ultimate catch. Is it still a, an option? When you buy the helmet, you have to buy the the cheek pads optional, or it's all one package now. It, I understand, it's still being sold with the initial what I call inferior cheek pad, and you would have to buy it with the upgraded liner as well. 
which Until makes it version a, four, right? I mean, I, I would imagine this is a stopgap measure measure that they're doing. Yeah, and they told me they're coming out with a whole new liner in February. Yeah, for the helmet as well, not just the new cheek pad, but like a completely revamped interior liner. So, anybody who's listening that's holding on to a three they might want to hold off on the cheek pads till they see whatever that is. So, I understand why a lot of people are going to be very infuriated with that. Um, you know, but again, just to answer your question again about what I say, it's worth five hundred dollars. It, it all it's all subjective. Design. Some people would. I personally am not like, I don't think the design's the greatest thing in the world. So I'm not, it doesn't have the value that it would have to somebody else who thinks it's 10 times cooler than my showy. So what's it worth to you? I don't know. Um, but um, I wouldn't tell you not to buy it. I would have well, I mean, told you not to buy the last one. People drive Priuses and those shit boxes that you can die in too. So <laughs> might as well put a Rurock on your head because it's no different. Fuck a Prius. Yeah. We're going to get sued. Drive the We're Prius with the Rurock on. <laughs> I know we beat that Rurock thing to death, but it's we something sure that um, I know a lot yeah. of your viewers are going to know me for. But, you know, I guess that's kind of my standpoint. So. All right, Discord friends, FDB's about to answer your questions. Make sure you head over to 5DirtyBikers.com and click the link on the homepage to visit our Discord and become a member. Yeah, Volts uh, had a question for Dan. The Volts. Volts. Speaking of Volts, did you all get your bromance rekindled? We we did. We actually, uh, (laughs) we actually had coffee and dessert together the other night. Did you guys twist your arms together when you and and then drink the coffee like that with your arms? There's there's no photographic proof of that of that occurring. (laughs) You shared a slice of cheese, but there will be a video dropping tomorrow morning with a pineapple. (laughs) I saw that. You guys shared. uh, You shared a slice of cheesecake with one fork, didn't you? (laughs) It was sticky rice. Sticky rice. Sticky rice. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Either way, they they ate spaghetti. Okay, all right. We're giving this the Ruach treatment now. We don't need to go overboard on this. (laughs) So, Volts wanted to know, Dan. um, Other than Harley, what are your three favorite, say, non-Harley motorcycles at the moment? Damn. As, as far as brands go or as far as just, just motorcycles? My, Volts owns like 18 motorcycles, so he's looking for the next three to get, and I guess he's looking for ideas. <laughs> well, honestly, uh, as much as I've had a bit of a, uh, an interesting relationship with Indian motorcycles as well, but um, that's a different conversation. The Challenger, I absolutely love it. Um, I think it's an awesome motorcycle. Um, I would actually, if I, was, if I had to buy a bagger today, I, that's my next bike. I would like to buy a bagger. Uh, it would be the challenger just simply because of in Arizona, a liquid cooled motorcycle sounds nice to me on these 110 degree riding days. Um, so I would say the Indian challenger, I would have said something like um, I was eyeing up the Ducati uh, ADV bikes before Harley came out with the Pan America. And I thought for a while before I bought, uh, my heritage, I thought that was going to be the direction that I was going to go to do some like off-roading stuff here um, in Arizona, but that's off the table now. The, the Pan America would be um, – actually, I'm going to shift the Challenger now behind the Pan America after that came out because forget about it. That's an amazing it's motorcycle. Badass. Yeah, it's a badass. They, um, they did it. So if I if I was getting rid of my, my that bike today, but then the other the, – the, the third and final bike that doesn't exist that – is the reason why I'm not making any moves right now is I am waiting for that revolution max Harley Davidson bagger to come out and God damn it. It's coming out. Like if, if it doesn't come out this year, they're stupid because I just think that that 
if they came out with a performance liquid cool bagger, they would just crush the challenger. And I'm kind of waiting for that motorcycle. Um, that's actually, I honestly, from what Brian's been telling us, you know, last couple of months, I don't think we're far from seeing it. No, you don't think don't, so? No, well, I, I think you, you, you could see that as the 2020 release or mid mid season release, they are very, they're pointing really hard in that direction. <laughs> Tony. Jesus Christ. Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> After riding that Pan America and, and the power that it has and seeing the engineering that the, that the motor company is capable of doing in terms of, of weight on such a large motorcycle, just to think about that same engineering applied to a bagger is like blows my mind. And um, I think I have some lofty expectations of what that might mean. Um, or possibly I get super disappointed by whatever they do this year and uh, don't care about the new paint colors and move on. But so are, are you telling me I shouldn't buy a road glide right now? Honestly, I would not buy uh, a current uh, form Harley Davidson touring bike because I, I just, I think they're long in the tooth and I, I don't think it's a bad motorcycle. I just think that a lot of people whoever buy it today are going to be having buyer's remorse in like six months. Um, if you were going to get one, Percy, I would get a 2020 with low miles or if you could find one with really low miles because you can still uh, attach a, a tuner to the ECM and all that. But the new one, even the 2021s can't even be tuned yet. They can. It's out. Yeah, it's out now. The power is that, is that real? The power, well, the power vision. The okay, power so vision's yeah, out, yeah. but you need a fucking... You're on a waiting list. You need an engineering degree to work the power vision too. No, what did they change good. the ECU between the 20 and 21 for the? Yes. They did absolutely. Yeah. You can't yeah. the 2021s can't be like you can't. There's no uh, FP3 plug and play tuner for the 2021s yet. I did not know that. Yeah, yep. Tony's stuck with a point five uh, stage point five on his bike. Well, I got I bought the Harley tuner, which sucks donkey dick. <laughs> <laughs> At least it went to a stage. They had a stage one upgrade, but. Yeah, no, I'm on the. I already bought the Power Vision. I'm just waiting on it. I didn't make the first shipment, so I'm still. I'm in. I'm in a holding pattern. Damn, Oprah didn't get the first shipment. I did not. I thought yeah. I ordered it fast enough. I, hmm. I missed the boat. Hmm. They probably hmm. only made five. <laughs> so here's one I'm curious about too, because I used to live in Arizona, like I said earlier, but I wasn't riding at the time. Far from that. Far, far from that. But what's the best ride in Arizona? This is from AZ Tank. 89A is always fun as heck. The best ride is the ride that I can take the most often, which is Tortilla Flat, which is not too far from me. Uh, it's a little old western town, basically. It's like, you know, weave through a bunch of mountains to get there. It's uh, it's a really, really fun ride, and I can do the whole thing on a Saturday morning and be back home in like two hours. So, A question that's not in our Discord, Dan, is uh, can we expect to see you at the uh, FDBM meetup in 2022? Where is that going to be, and when is it going we to be? We don't know yet. Yeah, so, we don't know yet. Yeah. But that, that wasn't my question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy you have all the You're details. Asking I'll you be to commit to something that. Damn it, Janet! It doesn't make a difference. Right. It, it's on my calendar. I just have it marked for the entire year. Yeah. All right. That's all I needed. That's all you had to say. If you just led with that, we would have been fine. Yeah, honestly, that's a big reason why I bought the new truck. Is that there's a lot of events. People are going to give me a ton of shit for trailering, but um, having a full time job has prevented me from being able to go to an awful lot of events that I would love to make it to. 
and uh, to be able to, to hitch up and, and go on a Thursday or Friday afternoon and make it somewhere for a Saturday kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I, I was actually going to drive out to uh, the, that uh, Adam Sandoval event, which was 16 hours, and I was going to leave Thursday at, like, after lunch and just truck through the night to get there. Um, and I can't do that on the bike. I'm not by myself. So, um, I think we should end this podcast right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I have a five-year-old that I'm responsible for getting home to. So taking off after a long day of work and I don't know if you guys have ridden through like middle of nowhere, uh, you know, Midwest at two o'clock in the morning through a lightning storm. Dude, but, uh, Ryan, Ryan rides 500 fuck. miles for a fucking taco. Fuck, you know? <laughs> that, that last weekend I rode 500 miles. We're not miles talking the hairy taco either. We're just yeah. talking <laughs> the hairy taco. Fish taco. But, you know, it's, it's funny because everybody likes to talk about like the, the manliness of, of going on these like long trips, you know, whatever. Most of these people who are taking those kinds of journeys are doing it over the course of seven days or whatever, you know, whatever it is right. that, they're, that they're doing to do that. Um, I have yet at any of these events to meet like a whole slew of people who rode 14 hours to get there and literally just pulled in as they're getting there, um, you know, and didn't take three or four days to get there. So my whole fucking crew riding a thousand (laughs) miles in a day just sounds awful. Ryan, how many miles did you ride to to come here and what what, a day and a half Uh, to your place? Yeah. Uh, it's about 1100 to your place. And I rode there in a day and a half. Yeah. Oh yeah. You fucking, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah and also remember yeah. when you're doing this for YouTube trips, uh, when, once you get there, you also then are meeting people. You're expected to like kind of hang out and chill through the night. And like 39 mm-hmm. year old me isn't like riding for 16 hours, hopping off the bike, slamming a bunch of beers and staying up till three in the morning. So, uh, no, the I'm reality of it all, as much as I would like to sound super cool and say, I can do it. Uh, the reality is much different. So no, it's um, it's jam jam time when you get there. I'm not, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I'm not 23 <laughs> anymore. I'm lucky to stay up till 10 o'clock at this point. So, oh god, you guys are so young. <laughs> <laughs> just take one of those and don't slam a bunch of beers. Just slam two down and then take about three of them and put them down the back of your pants. Helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I hope we get to meet up sometime soon, Dan. Yeah, and I de- definitely. Um, it's uh, something I would like to start making more of these events uh, for sure. This next one and last one of the podcast is from Heathen Biker. He says and asks, my kids are just learning how to ride a bicycle and they are already pretending that they are on a motorcycle. My kids do the same. Sweet. My question is, what is a good starting point for a beginner motorcycle for a child and what options are available for young riders so that I can be safe with them on my motorcycle? Give him a fat bob. <laughs> yeah, person's going to have for sale soon. <laughs> with training wheels. Well, obviously, I think letting them ride with you once they're old enough first to just kind of get the feel of what that's like. Well, they like. have to be, would a, be a certain a, size, don't they? Yeah, yep. they have to be to able to reach yeah. the back pegs, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. They have to yeah. be able to reach the pegs. Yeah, yeah. if you're going to ride on their bike. That's a, a good starting point in itself. You know, you, you look at like dad mad. I think she was six. I was just going to mention first that. put her on the back and started riding with her. And that's where her love of motorcycles started. She's yeah, out both, riding now too. She's got her own bike. Yeah. Both my, both my girls were six when they started riding with me. And I think, um, Mary, I mean, what you started on a, like a little tiny dirt bike, right? I think, I, did. I think a, a dirt bike for kids where they can put their feet on the ground, 
but they can still put their feet on the pegs is a good place to start because you can have them, you can, those small, whatever they are, fifties or eighties, right. Where they can not even, they can just ride with their legs dangling down and they don't have to put their feet down. That is a great thing for balance, learning how to turn a bike. They, you don't know, they're only eight inches from the ground. They fall over, they can pick their bike back up. They learn how to start it again. All of those things I think are a great place to start a kid riding a motorcycle and then being a passenger and learning all of the nuances of riding a bike. You know what I mean? What it feels like when the bike is shifting and, you know, signaling and, and, you know, leaning with the bike and all of those kind of things that you learn um, are all just great, valuable lessons when you're, when you're trying to um, have your kids riding with you. But if you There's give them a fat bob, little... then, then they learn survival skills at the same time, Ryan. I mean, that's the whole point of getting the big bike, you know? There's probably a lot of those electric options now, too, where even if the, I don't know what the age was. I don't know if I missed the age, but even if um, they're getting to the point of, you know, the clutch and all that stuff is just too much to kind of manage, you know, the little electric bikes would probably be a good option just to get them on something that's under power, you know. What about the trip to rural cane to get the coleman pull start motorcycles there you go, <laughs> gotta get man. your jorts and your new balances on that actually is a good option little, i bet i'm sure it would CCs, be those little mm-hmm. 50 cc dirt bikes without riggers you know like those training wheels mm-hmm. yeah a three speed they're three speed but they're clutchless mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about a clutch get you a ruckus yeah, yeah. Even start them out on a strider, you know, before they're even riding a pedal bike to get the balance and all of that stuff is, is a great way to start. So for sure. I got tangled up in a fucking strider, man. Stay off that fucking thing. <laughs> How'd you get tangled? There's nothing to get tangled up in. I it's... was fucking dumbass, dude. Too big on that thing. Had my legs sticking out and it got caught underneath and I fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was one of those. It was one of those moments. When I was drinking, it was like, hold my beer, watch this shit. I'm going down this hill. This was like three weeks ago. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make it. He looked like Wiley Coyote. When he got- <laughs> I did, dude. <laughs> I got all fucked up on that. It's awesome. It's yeah. great. Cool. All right. For those of you who don't know, get out. Join the Five Dirty Bikers Patreon if you want to support what we're doing. And also, if you want to become a part of the Five Dirty Bikers community, join our Discord. Our Discord is fucking free. 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 So go to 5dirtybikers.com, www.5dirtybikers.com. Link to our Discord is in there. And if you so feel, you can go check out all of our new merch that we have uh, recently put up. And I think uh, D- Percy has one of our new sweatshirts on right now, one of our yeah. new hoodies. There My wife's go. wearing the army green one in the other room right now. Yep. Yes. And if you if you put it over your head like that, you're you're guaranteed not to get through an airport without uh, some anal cavity searches. Would you open my package, Ryan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you really? I'll, I'll open your box too, first. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! That was a Unabomber reference. Don't you guys be thinking anything? <laughs> I thought you wanted to check your prison wallet. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot, Dan, for joining us tonight. If you haven't checked out Gears and Gadgets, make sure you uh, go check out Gears and Gadgets because it's it's all that. Thank you. And Percy, by the way, I didn't say, but congratulations on joining the crew and congratulations to all of you guys on your success. I, I love the podcast. It's awesome. Oh, oh thank you. Thanks. Thank, thank you very much. I do have one request for the FDB community. I would like everybody that listens to our next podcast that Dan is on to go on to his next truck video and request that he cut it in half. <laughs> cut that bitch in half. 
get the CEO of Ford to write him a letter. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. As long as they're willing to send me another truck after I'm done. <laughs>